Yo, what's up? This is uh, Pawn Awakening with me and Sherry this morning. I know I've been putting a lot of uh, my data jang on there. I hope you're enjoying that process, but I hope you enjoyed this uh, conversation with me and Sherry about flow state, about data jang, about A Course in Miracles, about a lot of different uh, healing practices and um, things that we've been up to and the space that we're creating for creating more <laughs> um, it was a fun podcast we had a lot of in, uh, good times rolling as we were recording um, and I know it was healing and expanding for both of us so I hope it is for you too um, there'll be obviously a short ad after this that you can fast forward through if you'd like and then get straight to the podcast but hope everyone's well thank you for listening and i'll talk to you soon i mean i'll i'll talk yeah that's right thank you thank you good morning good morning i'm matt and i'm sherry i'm awkward and I am also, I guess. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome back to the Matt and Sherry Upon Awakening show. And we are literally Upon Awakening. Yep. We just Right out of bed. Yeah. It's a good way to wake up, though. Get the brain juices flowing. Talking about stuff. Things and stuff. So I wanted to talk about what we've been up to. Obviously, I've been putting a lot of um, my writing on the podcast, The Tao Te Ching. You have? Yeah. Oh. Sorry. I've told you that. I know. I'm just kidding. And it's been truly amazing. Everyone loves it, I'm sure. (laughs) I do. Thank you. I think it's great stuff. It's really good stuff. I thought it'd be fun to talk about um, our journeys this far. Like, we've had a a lot of changes. Um, Yeah. And just, we had such a great conversation yesterday morning. Um, just about the process we're going through, the learning of our abilities mm-hmm. and what we're capable of. So do you have the transcript so we can rehash it on the podcast? Uh, yeah, of course. I recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did. We had an amazing conversation. And and it's not it's not that we don't have amazing conversations often. It's just that checking in with each other and recognizing it's the, it's that recognition of our growth and involvement and it's pretty awesome yeah because you know when i decided to leave my day job and focus solely on writing and just see what happens there was a lot of nerves there but what's kind of been unfolding has been a really amazing process and just allowing that fear to be present and dealing with it and watching it dissolve and fall away as I just continue to do what I know is right and listen to my heart um, has it's been like one of the 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 uh, highest spiritual awakenings I've had it's like getting this aspect of everything is taken care of you're taken care of this moment is has every potential that you could ever need in it just allow that to take care of everything and it seems like the more you 
we have faced these fears and just gone through it because it has not been comfortable, you know, and it's, right. it's only been a short period of time. And there were times where it was very scary and very uncomfortable and you, you, but you didn't let that to stop you. You allowed the fear to, to, to feel it obviously, cause you have to, Yeah. but you didn't, you didn't let it determine your actions. Yeah. And that's the, that's key. And so I don't, I just feel like the greater, the more that we work through fear and the, the more, the bigger the payoff is. Yeah. And so much of it has been because of my study of the Tao Te Ching, so many incredible truths that just kind of pierce whatever is going on. Um, any kind of illusion or, uh, fear of something that may not ever come to pass it it like sees through it and on the podcast i'm only on i think day six but like in my writing i'm on day 24 today of it um so you know it's been it's been a 20 24 days doesn't seem like a lot but when you look at it in the scope of i'm going to be doing this for 365 days it does but that in itself is the lesson of don't get don't get in front of yourself like allowing today to be today Right. Well, isn't that the whole, I mean, purpose of, (laughs) or that's the whole point of the Tao Te Ching is just being present, being right here, right now, not getting ahead, not, not being behind, not feeling too high, too low. And all of that is just about that allowing things to be. Well, that's like the, the, the crux of so many spiritual teachings. And what I'm realizing is that they transcend across, they're like across, uh, regions, across, time um the the teachings are so much about don't be anxious for tomorrow right it's like everything you could ever need is right here can we simplify our lives so that we can see it it doesn't need to be so complex like we create this complexity in our minds that makes us see things that may not ever become true realities and in doing that we unwind this massive problem that arises in our, I say unwind, but like we create this massive problem um, that never needed to exist in the first place as opposed to just allowing what is right now in this moment that I'm fine, I'm healthy, I have everything I need. Uh, there's yeah. there's no problem outside of me, even if there may be a problem in the future. It's like, don't I don't have to create it now. Well, and that's the thing too. Like we think of this stuff and I mean, nine times out of 10, I will create a monster in my brain. Usually when I'm trying to fall asleep or I wake up in the middle of the night that, that what, if I can think of it, it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's amazing though. But if we have these things in our brain, we repeat them over and over, you know, call it, you attract it in the universe or you're looking for that or something similar does happen. And see, I knew it. I knew this was going to happen if that's right. what you're focusing on. Yeah. Where we put our attention, where we put our attention. Yeah. Because that's where your laser focuses is and where it's going to go. But I think it's funny that it's like you, you talk about spiritual teachings and we mentioned this yesterday, how, um, you know, something that I've always said, you know, it's true because truth, when a uh, truth will transcend, you know, time and place and, you know, um, different cultures. It's just truth is truth. It may be said in a different way, but it's always truth. Transcends language. I mean, how many times it has to be translated. I'm looking at like six different translations of the Tao. Um, and they're translated all differently, but mean the same, they mean the same thing. Right. Absolutely. And 
But I feel like, you know, not to get off on a different tangent, but I just had this thought. And, you know, this is nothing against people that are religious and find comfort in that. That is totally fine. I was raised in a pretty extreme religion. And I feel like a lot of religions take basic truths and talk about, you know, the, the spirituality aspect of things that's true. It's like being here and now. But what the religion does is they take a basic truth and then they morph it to, well, we're going to focus on the future till you get to heaven. You're going to do this now because we're going to focus on getting to heaven, right. which is later. Because there's an end goal in mind. Yeah, there's so an the, end goal. the means have to justify the end. Right. As opposed to the ends being the justification for themselves. Right. And so then people do things out of fear or really ultimately selfishness because I want to go to heaven. I want the reward. I want yeah. the present. Not because this is what is the right thing to do. Yeah. I'm also doing a course uh, called the Flow Trainer Accelerator, which is, <clears throat> if anybody's familiar with Stephen Kotler, he's written 13 books about flow um, and getting into flow states, which in a lot of ways too is part of the mystical spiritual arts. <laughs> like the, the flow state encompasses so many different, um, it's basically being in the moment and being in a place of not mind, of not thinking, of just uh, being completely embodied. Uh, and it actually like they've done brain scans the neurobiology or the neuropsychology of it is they've done brain scans to where you're in a flow state you literally the part of your brain that separates itself from the world shuts off just like you would in psychedelic drugs right um, like LSD or mushrooms or whatever and it because and you become one with the thing that you're doing so if you've ever had a feeling or a moment where you feel like you're I don't know, playing basketball, surfing, skateboarding, um, doing something you love, whatever it may be, dancing, singing, and you just forget yourself. Meditation, this happens. Like, you forget who you are for a moment, and you become one with the thing you're doing. I mean, it happens when I'm driving sometimes. It's just like you get into a place, and you arrive at the place you were going. But that is... A full, that's part of flow state, but that's part of the embodiment of flow. Right. Um, and it's really cool to to be doing the Tao Te Ching um, every day, to be doing the Flow Trainer Accelerator, uh, to be a peak performance coach, and also of course in miracles. <laughs> but like to see how they all I don't know I do too much, <laughs> and this is what why I came to this point because <laughs> to see how they all say the same same things. And a lot of, in pretty much they're saying, simplify. Right. And it's like, all you have to do is get all the unnecessary garbage out of your life and eliminate what's not necessary. Let it all fall away. And what remains is priority. And what remains is necessary. And all you have to do is what is necessary. And all these other things that you need in your life will come to you. They will all be attracted to you. And I say that because... Um, just like eliminating, uh, the, the data Jane talks about doing nothing le yet, leaving nothing undone. Like I've been practicing phones off, like just staring at a wall, doing nothing for as long as I can. Um, and what happens is the things that I really need to do or that I want to do become effortless. At Letting the end the of dust it. settle. Yeah. But I just was looking at, you know, in our living room, cause as, uh, as we've mentioned, we are in a 12-step program, and I'm looking at the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'm thinking, well, doy, the 12 steps. You know what I yeah. mean? 
I mean, AA, the, again, truth, transcending, why does it work? Because it transcends, um, and it's trans, it's, and it's, it's truth. And what they've done with these 12 steps and talking about letting the dust settle and doing things in its own time is simplify. I mean, they even have the saying, kiss, keep it simple, stupid, you know, yeah. because one thing, one step at a time, one thing at a time. And if you ever are in your head or getting too crazy, it's just go back to the basics, keep it simple. And what's the right decision right now? Right. Putting, doing the you know, first things first. Another saying, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Do the next right thing. Another one. You know? Time takes time. Time, Yeah, exactly. All of that. And I just think that the program is something that is amazing because they've taken these truths and they've simplified it. They've distilled them into like a concentrated practice. For idiots like me. And me. And no, a beautiful it, thing. It is because, and even the nice that promise promises talking about, you know, you won't have anxiety for for money or relationships or all these kind of things will follow it like you won't worry about those things anymore and i think about a course in miracles like it talks about um that you'll like miracles will just start happening in your life and you won't have to worry about things anymore and that's what the program does for us yep it's like i don't have to be afraid of money anymore because i don't have to live in a future fear that i won't have it because in this moment i'm fine Mm-hmm. And what will happen is I'll create whatever need that space that need money needs to be available for. And you and, don't, and and you I'll don't, have it in the moment. I don't even have to do anything, right. but just allow that to be. And that's what it's so funny because I remember when I first got sober, sober and, you know, hearing the ninth step promises and almost thinking like, wow, great, I'm going to be rich and I'm going to have everything <laughs> be perfect, you know, and it's just like that's so not what it is. And when you get to the ninth step promises, you realize, Oh my gosh, I have everything I need. It's not about I'm, but you know, you can be rich. It has nothing to do with that. As far as money goes, it has not, but well, that's it's another more thing just, me. you don't, you take care of things and you don't worry about it. Well, that's things another, are, uh, truth from the data. Jing says, uh, true wealth is knowing when you have enough, mm, you know? So yeah. it's like, as soon as you decide you have enough, you're the wealthiest person on earth. Right. You could have a ton of money in your bank account, but if you're still worried that you don't have enough and, and you want to get more, you're poor in your mind. Exactly. It's just, and it's the same thing with drinking, right? It's like right. I could be drunk, yet if I have one beer left and I know I'm going to be sober soon when I was, when I was drinking, I didn't have enough alcohol, mm-hmm. even though I was blissed oh, yeah. out of my mind. It was like, I needed more alcohol. Well, and that's like, I could have a bottle of wine in the fridge with one glass left. There was no point in me drinking that, and I knew it. It would sit, it could sit there, you know, forever, because if I, I knew if I picked that up, I would need so much more. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is where I, uh, it talks a lot about desire, non-desiring, too. Um, this is where desire comes in, because as soon as we start desiring something, there isn't enough. Yeah. Right. So it, it talks about even practicing non-desire, which practicing Alan Watts is great when he says practicing non-desire is still de- de- desiring not to desire. So we're kind of trapping ourselves <laughs> in that way. But well, that's that also guy. the Zen practice of of being caught in a place where you can't get out. I had a thought when you were talking about flow state, something Alan Watts said, you know, to truly understand flow state, he has a perfect analogy. Think about when you're listening to a song that you love. You're not waiting for the ending to get like a fix to, to feel good. Yeah. You're in it right now. You're just listening to the song. You're singing along or whatever. And you're 
happy with the music being played. You're not waiting for it to finish for the reward of the of the music. Right. That's like that's flow state. So every time you listen to a song you love and you're just happy listening to it singing along, you're in a flow state. Yeah. And there's so many markers of flow and the chemical process in the brain is really interesting. I mean, you get dopamine, endorphins, anandamide, which is produced when you're working out, like and it's another feel good chemical in the brain. Um, oxytocin and serotonin so like this chemical this this cocktail of chemicals in your brain is produced in flow state and there's different triggers to get you there and the part of the process is first the it's a cycle and the first uh, part of the cycle of flow is struggle so anytime you're in a struggle phase like if you're doing something that is difficult or that you don't want to be doing if you can if you can find a way to give your full attention to it and this is a flow trigger. Um, find your find a way to give your full attention to it. Once you get through the struggle phase, there's a release phase. So allow yourself to be in whatever you're doing fully. And we talked about this the other day. Mm-hmm. The only way to be fully in what what you're doing is to want to do what you're doing. And to get to what to do what you want to do, you have to eliminate the option that anything else needs to be done. I hope I said that clearly enough. Yeah, but like, sure. Nothing else is possible to be done in that moment nothing else needs to be done in that moment this is the only thing that you have to do here and once, i am yeah and here i am and once you realize this is the only thing that i have to do it becomes the only thing that you want to do if you get if you can get through the struggle phase and there are also like breathing techniques to help you get there slowing your uh relaxing your out breath like a longer out breath will help you get there but that um, once you get to that, you get to the release phase, and once you go through a release, you get into flow. And if you can focus your attention for long enough in whatever you're doing, you'll get into flow state. And the important thing is the flow state will last, you know, between 30 to 90 minutes. It can last a little bit longer sometimes in some people, but once you get through that, there's an active recovery phase that has to be taken into account because because you're getting all those chemicals, mm-hmm. your body needs a reset. Well, the Tao Te Ching talks about it too, talking, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, knowing when basically enough is enough knowing and not overflowing, stop. knowing when to stop and yeah. knowing and, and not letting that cup overflow. Yeah, they you know, say uh, a, a, a cupped hands overflow when poured in too much, it's better yeah. to stop and a, a sword breaks when sharpened yeah. too long. Right, exactly. Or axe breaks when sharpened I can, too long. I can think of that so many times, like I've been painting and... I have been in, in flow and, and then I just keep going and, and then I start to get, you know, my hand starts, you know, cramping mm-hmm. up or whatever. And then I'm, I get stuck on one particular spot and I think, and I realize that I'm not in flow anymore. I'm, I'm forcing it because I want something to be perfect and there's no inspiration coming anymore. When it feels anymore. good. Well, because it felt good. And, and I'm, and, well, I'm, but I'm trying to, because I'm past the 30 to 90, you know, whatever minute mm-hmm. flow state period. And I'm trying to get back that high. You know, and so now I'm coming down off of that and I'm trying to get back. That's an addict, you know, right there. But it's, um, but knowing when to stop and I've, and and I'm learning to do that also. Okay. Time to put it all away. Stop. Yeah. Knowing when to quit. And one, one of those that, uh, uh, tricks that Stephen Kotler says, or that I've not even just Stephen Kotler, a lot of people like writers and stuff say Mm -hmm. they're in flow state. They'll stop mid sentence. Yeah. Because it's I think like that was a practice by uh, Charles Dickens. 
I don't know. I don't know. Oh, You're, right. A famous writer. That was his yeah, no, You I literally heard it stop and... Right. Yeah. Right. And it, and so knowing that there's a, this is a place I can get back to tomorrow. Which is why we're stopping the podcast right now. Not now, but now. <laughs> no, it's an interesting practice to uh, quit when you're ahead. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Right. I mean, and but and that's the thing too with um, just being in flow too. Like I was going back to the job, and I not and nobody likes traffic, but I am a very impatient person, and traffic. Um, I still don't like it, but it's been one of these things where I get stuck in traffic. I drive all day for work and, um, I get stuck in traffic and I could lose my mind. I, I, I have allowed myself to lose my mind before and freak out and just, I can remember wanting to, um, just walk out of my car. I remember, you know, living in LA and being in gridlock traffic and thinking, how much is my car really worth? If I just, I'll leave it here. I don't care. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and, um, and learning that teaching myself that you have nowhere else to be. This Mm -hmm. is just, this is it. This is it. And that deep breath and okay, I still don't like it, but it's learning to quiet the mind and realize that you're not dying because you're stuck in traffic. You're just stuck in traffic. Yeah. And traffic is a great practice of training that I have nowhere else to be because the the part of us that thinks it has somewhere else to be is the part of us that thinks that what it's doing in this moment is not what it's meant to be doing right because it's meant for something else and if we allow that part of us to continue to move us in the way of agitation then we're creating that everywhere in our lives like I, I used to be that way in the gym. I would be working out on one machine and I'd be like, I need to be on this other, I need to be doing this other machine. I wanted to be doing like three different workouts at the same time. Like a guy who plays the drums, the kazoo, like the harm, you know, the harmonica mm-hmm. and like the freaking um, accordion. accordion all at the same time. Like he's making a lot of noise and it may sound good sometimes, but like, dude, pick an instrument, right? <laughs> <laughs> like make sense of your life in that way. It's um, having having that practice of I am exactly where I'm supposed to be, and if I can be here now, as Ram Dass mm-hmm. said, if I can be here now, all that I need is here, and I won't I don't need anything else. But it's very it's so hard to get there when we live in a world where everyone is What have you done for me lately? What are you doing next? What are you all working on next? It's like can we just be where we are? Can I just unfold naturally? Like I was. And the whole point of that, of of these um, learning to uh, control flow state, you know, that what you're doing and learning and and learning to teach other people how to do the same thing, because that's what we all want. We know that all of us have moments where we naturally step into this place of I'm, I feel really good right now. I'm very at peace and I'm very content. And why? Because you're right. You're right here right now. And as we know, you know, God is not in the future. God is not in the past. Neither of those exist. Both Mm -hmm. are in your brain. God is right here right now. If you want to be with... Because you're right here right now. Right. God, your higher power, whatever it is, your spiritual, your higher self, it, it, you're... Because you are God. Yeah. Right. You're, you're right here. And so, um, so we all have felt those moments but how do we tap into that frequency at will and that's the trick well and that's the that's why i loved that's why i signed up for this course um 
and to become certified teaching it because I think it, I've talked about magic before, but I think it unlocks the magic. It's like, sure. here's the practice. Cause I had done it. I've, I've done it before multiple times, like reading these books. I'm like, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. I just didn't know how. And now it's like, here are the steps. And one of the coolest things that's happened is setting these clear goals, having a massively transformative purpose. This is all language used in, in the flow course and, um, by Stephen Kotler uh, at the flow research collective, if you're interested in looking into more of that stuff, but, um, and eliminating the unnecessary things like clearing space, literally clearing space, like having an office where I do do writing or work, whatever my flow uh, thing is, and having that available for me, and then life does become an effortless effort. It's like I don't mm-hmm. have to I don't have to force myself into anything. Like this morning, this podcast this morning, I'm just like, let's do a podcast. We both have time. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Right. And. It, it, because the the whole idea that I was struggling with, with was literally struggle. It was I have to suffer to make anything. And if I don't suffer, then I'm not making anything worthwhile that will make money. And if, if I'm not suffering, I don't deserve money. I don't Isn't deserve that, to make a living. And that's such an old story. That right, absolutely. The only way to survive and to, um, <clears throat> you know, that old story and old programming, because that was my programming. You have to get good grades in school and then you've got to go and get um, a, a degree and you've got to work, you know, work hard in college and then you've got to work hard and do all the, and you know, the, I understand why that story was programmed, you know, because if the people like, you know, my parents, if um, they didn't program that in me, it would make, or if they didn't believe that, then it would make their lives not true because that's right. what they did. Yeah. And, um, when in that they have, we have to do that because like this is all we know. So I have to make this story true. Right. They're working in a factory or, or doing something I hate. Um, I worked in a factory, which I hated. Yeah, that, I know that. <laughs> but like, <laughs> or a cubicle, um, either one. Or a cubicle, or yeah, anything like that. I have to do things that I hate because, um, I have to struggle for money because I saw my parents struggling for money. Yep. I, I, you know, it made me think of a quote that I saw the other day and it says, people would rather sabotage themselves to escape the death of the life that is their, the life story. The lie that is. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. The lie that is their life story than have to rewrite a new narrative rooted in truth. Yeah. And because we feel like we have to start all over. Oh, yeah. nobody wants to become a bit beginner again. Right. I was actually talking to a guy uh, yesterday about this. It's like, you, you get to a point, I was talking to him about the, uh, when I was driving, I was talking to him about the uh, um, LSD things they did with the military. What's, yeah. the, what's the document called? The uh, I don't know. I don't remember, but... but yeah, so anyway, all about, right, yeah. so like they gave LSD to a bunch of like elite soldiers, and after they did it, the soldiers didn't they want didn't to kill anymore. anymore. They were like, like oh, I don't want to do this. Like, like, we're all one. We all, I don't want to do that at all. And uh, he was like, isn't that crazy? They had a they had a way to solve the problem of war, but they just said forget it. We we got to just outlaw this drug, and I was like, yeah, well that's the whole military complex. Like there there was a reason for that. These people wanted money, and the whole reason they wanted that is because you tell a forty five year old man who's been on a war path for twenty five years, who's been indoctrinated you've been into doing everything wrong. Yeah, that you that you have to now realize that everything is different you have to restart your life 
I'm not going to become a, a hippie all of a sudden and like get teaching from some flower child. And, you know what I mean? Like, or whatever it is, like that's an extreme, but I'm not going to uproot my life in the things I believe. I'm just going to push forward because what I believe is right. And that's that like, um, unless you have a complete spiritual awakening on your yeah, own and you realize happens. that I can't stay on this path anymore. I can't, I will be much more miserable. The scarier thing would be staying on this path rather than, Facing my fears and doing something Which is different. what happened to us. Exactly. And, you know, it is what alcohol brought us to. Right. The full self-destruction of a life that we thought we needed. And it was so many blueprints. And um, Tony Robbins talks about having blueprint, like blueprints um, for successful people and like following their blueprints. I had blueprints for ways not to live life, but I thought this is the way I was supposed to do it because of some, I don't know where it came from. It was, I think, um, you know, I wanted to be opposite from my dad or a little right. bit more like my mom or whatever it was. <clears throat> and I created a blueprint of my own self-destruction, not realizing I was doing it because that's just not who I was. Yeah. So I had to destroy that self to realize who I actually was. Well, you know, we have our early childhood programming. I mean, most of our programming is laid before we're seven, before whether yeah. we know it or not. And so we learn through example or adversity, mm -hmm. usually through our parents, other, you know, teachers, examples, siblings, whatever, but example or adversity. And so we realize why, why is this my truth? You know, and it's, or why is this my story? And we can usually break it down, you know, and what I'm doing right now is writing my story and I'm writing it in a third person narrative, um, which is kind of interesting because it, it, allows me to take an objective view um, and um, <clears throat> which was easier to do when I was writing about the earlier parts of my life um, but now as I'm getting closer to the present it's harder to do um, but I'm unwinding my trauma and I'm unwinding a lot of things and I'm also unwinding the wonderful things that my story was um, in my alcoholism I had this story that uh, you know, I was the black sheep. I was different. I had um, early childhood trauma. My mom passed away from cancer when I was um, 10. Uh, my dad remarried quickly um, to somebody that didn't treat me well and uh, favored her own kids and, you know, the evil s stepmother type thing. <clears throat> and, I, and I rebelled and I, and then I, you know, went on this path of self-destruction and um you know i i ended up getting pregnant at 18 and placing the baby for adoption and suffered that severe loss and and my life was just this the you know all of these things that just happened to me because i allowed them to happen to me and and choices but then as i'm unwinding this story i see all these wonderful things now and i see like my gosh i was telling matt last night um i was listening to uh a song on the radio, but it reminded me of my grandmother. And yeah, my mom was sick and she was dying of cancer, but I had four amazing grandparents that were all super involved in my life and yeah. loved me unconditionally and, and took a special interest in me. And I thought, man, I was a lucky kid to have that. Yeah. Changing that perspective. Not all kids have that. Not a lot of kids don't have that. And, um, but seeing all the beauty that mm -hmm. I didn't see at the time, changing that narrative, unwinding things, changing the perspective, changing the programming, and understanding my parents too, you know, why they made the choices they did and, and why they see things through a certain light and 
and it doesn't have to be my story anymore. Right. We're allowed to have the story that we'd like to have because, you know, if you're suffering and it's just ongoing and you're miserable, there's a choice to change it. And which is something I didn't realize for a long time. I thought I had to stay stuck and you know, it, because and we get stuck because we think that we're doing something out of love out of a true virtue of taking care of somebody else but in reality a broken person cannot help another one become whole like I, I couldn't help anybody I couldn't love anybody fully I couldn't take care of anybody truly because I was so sick in my own suffering of yeah. what I was because I would just was not living yeah. the way I was meant to be living it was like it's like a tree that wanted to be a fish. And it's like it didn't matter how much the tree wanted to be a fish. It did a lot better as a fucking tree because, <laughs> you know, it was rooted to the ground. When it tried to be a fish, it basically it died. And right? it it's like, like I had to yeah. allow that to, that story to fall apart so that I could find out that I'm, you know, a tree or, or whatever. I'm, I am what I am. And that, I mean, just this past weekend with my kids, it's like, the relationship I have with them now, the relationships I have with everybody now are so much better. And life isn't such a trudge, such right. a difficulty anymore. I'm not doing things I hate constantly just because I feel like I have to because, well, I got kids and I got bills and I got responsibilities and it doesn't matter if I don't like it, Matt, you just got to do it. Well, because you're trying to, you know, and here's the thing too, it doesn't, when we say you couldn't love anybody fully, meaning you love them in your heart, yeah. but you couldn't, you, I, I know like even with my kids, I hated myself because I couldn't be the mom I thought I was supposed to be to them. Well, and, that's, and that goes back to <clears throat> the thing of more. It's like, it yeah. was the desire, I had a desire to be a father that was an unattainable goal for me. I could yeah. I could never reach it. Even if I did reach whatever it was, there was going to be another... Fin there, like, there's no finish line. It's always more. Yeah. You know that... Right. And so, accepting where we're at, and I think that's been the greatest parenting lesson, also, is trying to teach my kids to do the same thing. And, mm -hmm. um, and it's been hard unwinding my programming of what a good mom is has been the biggest struggle because it's, it's amazing. And, and you've noticed it, Matt, the second I have my kids, I suddenly feel like I need to do this and I need to do that. And, I'm, <laughs> and this is what, it, you know, it's almost like I need to pull myself together and I need to. Yeah. It's pretty incredible to watch, but I'm, I feel like I'm getting you are. better yeah. and at letting go. And then I have these moments of flow and clarity. Like, um, there's a, this uh, beautiful um, Krishna Das, he does spiritual, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, spiritual like uh, Hindi music that is, and it's, he's got this Hare Krishna song that goes on for like 22 minutes and it starts out really slow and then it goes, speeds up and, you know, a couple weeks ago, my kids, um, I like to listen to it. It's my, I listen to it frequently, but it's my Sunday morning song because there, it's not about even the words, it's about the feeling and the, you know, the amazing feeling that it gives me. And I was playing it in the living room with my kids and watching them dance to it and just be free spirits. And especially like my 12 year old son who is so locked in himself a mm -hmm. lot of the times and to see him just break free and move his body and just go for it, go for it. And I mean, it brought tears to my eyes and I thought, that's it. 
that's the mom that I want to be. I want to teach my kids to, to be free. Yeah. To let their spirit soar. Do what they feel. Yeah. And that, I mean, so much of being free is embodying whatever you're doing. Because the, the prison that's created is a prison of uh, responsibility that I need to be doing something else. That I'm constantly behind. I was talking about being in the moment, like in one of the blog posts about like we're we're constantly in this state of coming from the past into whatever moment we're doing, so we can never fully get there. We've got to literally drop all of our past, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and allow ourselves to drop into the present moment as if this was the first moment we were born. How you do that takes some time. It takes a little bit of time and practice and just letting go of things. Because the the reality is we're always holding on to something. And the, the practice of meditation has been wonderful for me because fear, I wrote about this yesterday, fear uh, arises constantly. But it's not arising to keep us from something. It's arising to tell us something. It's arising to light a way for us and say, hey, this is what is blocking us from having the life that you we'd like to have. Because you don't My deal with is, that the fear is going to turn into something else. It turns into something else, but it also keeps you from being dropped into the moment you're in. Like I was, um, I went for a walk the other morning and I was meditating in the park and the sun was hitting my face. It felt so nice. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this voice was like, hey, you need to do your taxes. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh my God. And all that peace immediately evaporated and it was filled, I was like filled with a hornet's nest. It was just buzzing and like, okay, I got to. So, but instead of getting up, walking, or, or opening my eyes, I sat there and dealt with it for a moment. And I realized, I was like, well, where is this fear coming from? And that fear was coming from the idea that when I do my taxes, they're going to want money from me. And I don't want to give them money. Because if I give them money now, then I might not ever have money again. And so this story, like this crazy idea popped up. And I was like, wait a second, that's, is that true? And sitting with that feeling and asking myself, is it true? Like, no, that's not true. Yeah. How could you never have money? You only have, you never, you, you will never, never have money again if you never exist any longer past the point of giving. Because you're the, the source of your money. Because I'm the source of my money. Yeah. And so it was like allowing that block to be undone and sitting with it by just asking questions of it as opposed to immediately trying. And what I tried to do, honestly, at first was like, Stop, don't focus on that, Matt. Focus on the peace again. But I was like, no, this needs to be dealt with. Let's deal with this. And then after like five or ten more minutes, I got up, I walked home, and I did my taxes. And it and it was a freeing thing because I was like, great, here's your money. Done. And, and more money's coming. It's currency. It's Literally thing. a flow of energy is currency. It, and, but we feel like, because like going back to you're the source of your money, because the old story, the old programming is, that I have no control of this. Yeah. And once this pattern, I'm waiting for this job to give me money. Right. Not I'm waiting for this job to give me money. And not and not just that, but once the money starts going out, there it is. We're on a pattern. We're just losing everything now. Here we go. We're gonna hit rock bottom. And I mean so it's, it's crazy, crazy yeah. how fast that that happens. And um, that story can start assimilating it, and understanding too though that And I feel like this is the amazing thing I was telling you last night, seeing how, um, and we both have, but you in particular, by taking that massive leap of faith and giving up the day job to just go for this stuff full force and making um, huge financial investments in in your schooling and taking those leaps of faith, but to see 
how it all pays off is just like, oh my gosh, that how, like I said, those, those huge leaps of faith are, are accumulating just are huge rewards too. Yeah. And it's, and unex- in the most unexpected ways that just trusting, this is all coming right back to me and yeah. I will always have enough. And it, how life has this way of once we stop allowing those fears to control us and we just deal with them that we can move forward that how things unfold you know what i realized yesterday too was that the fact that i had to pay taxes was a sign that i did well last year yeah like not only that but um i think alan watts talks about it too but i'm so like i was so afraid to trade money for services for goods like I'll buy groceries and I'll be like, oh my God, $150? <laughs> like, yeah, but dude, you have all this food. You, you that just, was, you that was spent... paper. That was nothing. It was a number exactly. in a bank account. And now I have the wealth of a full grocery cart of food yeah. and supplies and things that I need. Or you know, electricity or, or whatever it is. Or like a place to lay my head or a car to drive. Which is, again, freedom to move around and, and be. and like, Or buy something for my children or take them out to eat or spend time with them like we were at this place called defy and talking about leaps of faith <clears throat> i uh there's like it's like a trampoline indoor trampoline place but there's like this 15 foot jump onto a big soft landing and um i jumped it was terrifying i jumped off of it uh the first time took a lot of a lot of energy to just forget about anything and just jump i had to count three two one and just do it um, when I landed, I, it was like it was really soft. It didn't hurt or anything like that. So I kept doing it over and over again, and every single time it was scary. And I realized it's like it doesn't matter how if even if you know the landing is going to be soft, even if you know you're going to be okay, doesn't matter. Jumping is still scary. It is. Leaping is still. That's why I scary. like doing it. I think. Well, I'm, I've always I've been one of these weirdos. I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. Like when we went tubing what was that a couple of uh, yeah, years <laughs> two years ago <laughs> i learned my lesson memorial day it's like sometimes i see like i see people jumping off high things and i'm like do like there's something in me like pulling me i'm like if i don't do this right now i can't live with myself i have to do it i have to do it i have to do it and so i do it mm-hmm. not last time but it, it hurt because i ruptured my eardrum but it was other but still it's like that but it, but it is a metaphor for when we see something that's scary and we know, we, but we still feel pulled to it. It's um, as uh, Jensen Sarah said, the scare excitement. You know what I mean? Where yeah, it's like, it I've got to do it. I just got to do it. I've got, you know, be, it's almost like a magnet pulling you to it. And uh, Yeah, allowing and, your heart to lead you in that way. Right. And, you know, for me, I think, you know, the metaphor or literally jumping was... Um, adrenaline junkie and wanting you know some kind of high whatever but there is a metaphor to that when you you know that deep down you know it's going to be okay but it's still really scary because you have all have all this kyle cease would say all the yeah buts in your head yeah but yeah yeah but and <clears throat> and quieting the yeah buts and, and you know the old programming and whatever it is you know and it's kind of funny and i and i love my dad but i realized that with my old story, my old programming that you can't do it or this is the only way or whatever, whatever, I realize it's never my voice. It's always my dad's voice. Mm-hmm. Do you, is, who's your voice for your old programming? I don't know. It's kind of mine. Really? Yeah. I've done a good job of wiring, <laughs> wiring myself in a pretty ma- maniac way. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say that it's like 
so much my dad's voice, but I realize it's not mine and it's the closest thing to my I dad's hear my, voice. I my hear my mom's voice. voice when it comes to taking risks. Right. Like there's that fearful voice of, no, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But speaking of uh, Kyle Cease, if you guys want to check out somebody who's incredible, who I've been working with um, and has got a couple of really great books out. He was a comedian, like a top selling comedian, uh, number one comedian on Comedy Central back in like 2009. He was selling out arenas and stuff like that. And he quit that game to do uh, basically spiritual teaching and like, um, he, it's, a, it's called evolving out loud, but he's combining comedy and, um, kind of like a course of miracles or uh, spiritual growth. And it has been amazing. Like yeah, I told him I had a one-on-one call with him, uh, a couple weeks ago or last week that was super intense and fun and enlightening, but their practice is called Kylie going and, uh, it's totally possible that, uh, he turned me on to through his books and, and his uh, YouTube videos that you can talk about raising your vibration pretty instantly can definitely do it. And it's a little bit of work. It's not hard work, but it's basically using your imagination to create a future where you exist in that future at this moment. And that's what Kylie going is. You basically say, um, a year ago I was doing a podcast with Sherry and I can't believe it now, like, we're the most downloaded podcast on earth. Right. It's crazy. Like, we <clears throat> are doing this full time. We love doing, getting to share the things that we're learning and experiencing and having so much fun doing it and recording on the road. We're, like, traveling now to different places, and we have all the time we need for our kids and all this excitement and all this fun, and I had no idea that it was going to be possible, but, like... There have been people who have reached out to us that we've helped them expand and heal in ways that we wanted to expand and heal in a year ago. And it's it's become this incredible practice for us. And we get to go meet these people hmm. and share with them our stories and they share with us theirs. And it's like this incredible community has grown up around us just from us taking um what we're understanding in our own awakening and sharing it with whoever wants to listen because we know how profound and powerful it is and it has it's completely changed our life you know I, and that's what kylie going and, it, and it's amazing though to already see that i just had this epiphany of a conversation of our conversation that we had yesterday morning and talking about how we want to help people and we want to inspire them and we want to <clears throat> and in so doing we we are inspired but sorry i'm keep clearing my throat morning grossness but anyway um no but you've brought to my attention that you know so if i say this out loud it's like my limited imagination i picture myself oh, like in a professional setting somehow doing this and making my, you know and in a cubicle in a gray in a gray suit <laughs> like well this is upon no honestly i've had like the vision of like in in like a pantsuit i'm like i've never a pantsuit in my life you know what i mean it's sure. like i don't even want one well, we're gonna be <laughs> so wearing dashikis and like just whatever <laughs> i was like what, like what is that? that's some weird list. stuff but anyway but you brought to my attention that we're already doing that and how the connections that i'm making with people um all the all very frequently now unexpectedly yeah. i meet a lot of different people in my job and a lot of people that ha- it has nothing to do with the work but people that are hurting 
automatically open up to me mm-hmm. and become vulnerable with me. And um, you had mentioned me. It's because I, I make a space for them. I have a space for them. And, and, I, and I do, and I'm honored when they do this. It's almost like, and, that, and I'm in flow state when this is happening. You know, yeah. I feel like, okay, and just listening to them and honored that they're opening up and sharing their story with me. Yeah, and when you tell me the stories about it, you are on fire with it. You can see, I can feel the energy coming from you, that, what it does for you, which right. is such an incredible thing. And, and that's what I was saying yesterday morning was just cultivating that space of that is a, such a gift that you have. Well, if you're literally raising people's vibrations in the way that they're purging and, and purifying themselves from the things that are holding them back. And to be careful with that, obviously, because holding on to those things can obviously do damage to you, but learning to cultivate that space and um, cleaning it and Well, and I know that, and, and I really don't <laughs> hold on to it. I remember these yeah. people, and no, I think no. about it, but it's like holding on to it. I, I'm not saying you do. I'm no, I, right, I know you, you're not, but it's, it's something that I feel I'm not holding on to it as something I feel I'm good at. I don't sit there, oh, I worry about them. I, I wonder if they're okay. I know that I did my part. You know, whether it was yeah. just a brief meeting or if I'm going to continue to talk to these people, but I've done my part and yeah. in, in their story. And so it's not my story anymore, you know, yeah. and, um, or it might continue to be with certain people, but there's other ones where it was just a one-time encounter where they were extremely vulnerable and opened up to me. And at the end I gave them a hug and that was it. And I played my part in their story and some of their releasing some of their pain a yeah. little bit. And, um, and I'm honored, you know, that it really does make me feel like, um, and it, and it raises me up a little bit. It makes me, sometimes it's a heavy weight and I, and I, and I leave feeling, wow, my gosh. But at the same time, there's this part of me that is just, um, I'm just aware. It makes me aware, you know, and, um, of what's going on around me and, and how people are feeling, um, which is perfect for what you want to, because uh, Sherry's always felt that her calling is helping people find their dharmic callings. Right. And you can't find that if you're stuck in another story. Yeah. And so the gift that she, that I'm truly seeing in her is her gift for helping raise people's vibration to purify what's going on in them. Right. And so, and this is kind of why I brought that up is because if you want to find out what you're good at or like what your calling is or where you're being led, find those places like Sherry has um, where you feel lit up and then cultivate that space. Now, the, the thing that I get into, and I've had to deal with this myself, is, okay, I feel like I'm a good speaker, but, and I we talked about yesterday healing people like i have this comfortable space to like help people feel safe enough to heal and then the second thought is yeah how are we gonna make money doing that isn't that crazy (laughs) you know what i mean but it's it's been this process of okay let's don't worry about making money right now let's just literally get into expanding the healing part and not not other people necessarily That'll happen, but let's heal ourselves fully. I was thinking let's about that last that night when you were like. saying that. Um, what part of your body hurt yesterday? My knee. <laughs> your knee. My That's right. Knee. 
And I'm like, you have the healing power within you to heal yourself. Yeah. And it was, um, and I, I thought, because a lot of times, and Matt, there's something that Matt does have. We have natural gifts, and Matt has his natural healing gift energetically, where I don't know why or how I can't explain it, but I know that there's been times that I've been in pain, and I know, I don't know why I know, it does not for me to understand. Like if I have a stomach ache, and if he puts his hand and just rests his hand on my stomach, I'm going to feel better, and I do. You know, and, um, and, but I was thinking, I'm like, you can do that with yourself, silly, you know, put your hand on your knee and just, you know, but it's, it's amazing that he has, he even has that faith in that. He knows that if I do this to her or, you know, even to, he's done it with his kids, they'll feel better. But I think the block comes in at doing it to yourself. Well, yeah. And I think so much of it is, a uh, um, an extension of love like when I hug my kids when I hug you when I hug my mom those kind of things like there's so much love that I feel in that embrace that 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 moment or that time that we're in is a healing space it mm-hmm. literally is like transforming ourselves I wrote about this yesterday is that we're um, constantly liquefying and vaporizing ourselves over and over again moment to moment a lot of us are choosing to see our brand new self as the old self. And all we have to do is see our, our, our new self in a new way. So like when I was trying to lose weight, I had to hold on to an image of myself as a more healthy, fit person. Now, people would still see me, <laughs> I wrote about this yesterday, people would still see me and be like, you're overweight. But if I allowed that story to change what my inner vision was, then I would never get to that inner vision because I knew it was there, right? So that's how that's exactly how it works with all. I mean, our cells are constantly renewing themselves, and this is what I talk about with the double slit experiment. It's particle in a wave, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a wave until it's observed, and then it becomes a particle. What am I seeing that fixed manifestation of? What am I seeing that particle as? Like, am I seeing my myself as the same Matt that walked into this situation? Or am I seeing myself as a brand new creation that's healed and perfect? Now, it does. It, sometimes it doesn't happen instantly, right? It may take a little bit of time, but I feel like the closer we get to holding a clear vision of that and feeling that the health feeling is and belief, like, yeah. and I had this thought the other day, that we heal to the level of our belief. Like, we, we will be transformed to the level of our belief. Well, so if I can believe fully enough with every cell in my body, then it will become an instant thing. That's what um, Joe Dispenza yeah, practices, you absolutely. know? And, you know, he talks about that because when it's when we wake up first thing in the morning, you know, if we're immediately stuck in the old story, the old pattern, the mm-hmm. old this, that's going to keep repeating itself. Right. You know, and so if we are, you know, we think, oh, I've got to go to work. Oh, I'm achy. Oh, blah, 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 blah. You know, whatever it is, whatever that old story is, you're going to stay there forever. Yeah. It's about, you know, changing the you know, first thing in the morning, changing those patterns, changing those thought processes mm-hmm. and being aware. The first thing is that awareness is like, you know, catching yourself because it's so automatic, that old programming. Yeah. So then you catch yourself and you'd be like, wait a minute. Not gonna go there today. That's why the highest performers, like I'm reading, I read all these high performers books too. More the morning miracle, like uh, all these things are saying. What's the hardest thing you have to do? Do that first. Like, do you do you need to lose weight? Get up and go to the gym immediately, or go for a run, or whatever it is. Um, do you want to write? Need to write a book? Get up and write immediately. Uh, are you 
needing to work on your finances, get up and work on your finances immediately. Are you needing spiritual growth? Get up and work on your spiritual growth immediately. Whatever it is, like work on it immediately because what you're doing is you're setting a new programming standard for yourself. You're not waking up, looking at the news, doing the, like you said, doing the same things over and over again. Right. We're absolutely changing. And I said liquefied because people love to use the caterpillar and the butterfly analogy. What happens to a caterpillar inside a cocoon is it literally liquefies its body mm-hmm. to become a butterfly. Gross. Anyway. It is. It's like just, it's all mucus and nasty it's, stuff, yeah. right? But it, it has to liquefy itself. Festers and putrefies and then... To become a new creation because <laughs> we are all alchemists. Like we're creating because a we, new body every moment. We're energy. Yeah. You know, and we... It's all vibration. It's all vibration and, and yeah, we are. I mean, we're, we're not the same person we were a year ago. Literally, we're not. I mean, they used right. to say every seven, seven years, years, no, but it's like really, year. I think the longest organ that it takes to regenerate is a year. You're not the same person you were a year ago. Right. So. You think about all the dust in your house or anywhere, like I skin is constantly this falling rug, off. Of. You know, every time I vacuum, it amazes me what comes up in the filter. Hair, skin, boogers, everything's constantly falling off of you. <laughs> you're constantly pooping and peeing. It's like your body is always you're shedding away shedding. all the time. All the time. And, you know, and so what else can we shed away? So it's like we, we realize that this is happening anyway. So what do we want to shed away so we can make space for something better? Yeah. You know, and, and it starts with the feeling. You hit the nail on the head with the feeling of, you know, this is, this is where I, you know, why I want to be. And you, and, and meditation is so key to getting in that feeling, Kylie going, you know, whatever, where it's like the feeling is there already. The feeling exists. And if, because really, what are we craving? When we, when we say, Oh, I want this, I, I want a million dollars. What do you want? You want the feeling, want the feeling of, a million of a million dollars. Yeah. You can have that right now. The feeling. Yeah. Haven't you ever driven by the sign, like the lottery board sign and got like all in your imagination about, Oh, if I won the lottery, I used to do it all the time, yeah. and I realized, I was like, wait a second. All I want is that feeling. It would be funny, because like, I would see it, and I'd be like, oh my God, that would be so amazing if I won the lottery. I would give this family this, and blah, blah, blah. And then I'd start getting into and I'd be so happy, and then eventually it'd be like, yeah, but taxes, and then other people would want it. And see, this is my thing. I, I wouldn't say, quit my job, because I'd still need one. It's no, like, I would be dude, like, I'd pay the taxes immediately right away before I did anything else. I'd be like... Taxes gone, you know, yeah. so I wouldn't have to worry about it. And then mine is like immediately, even before I really told anybody, I would take a really long vacation. Right. And, you know, I'd travel the world, I'd do all these things and then get back and I would do like charity work and set that all, blah, 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 whatever. But it's so funny. What am I craving? I say the first, because the first luxurious thing I want to do is travel and, and, you know, see amazing places. I want to be present. I want to be in yeah. flow. I want to be, you know, have a good feeling right where I am. Well, that's am. why caffeine is the number one selling drug in the world. Um, alcohol mm-hmm. is right behind it. And then all these other substances that make us feel different because we want to feel the way we want to feel. We want to feel good. Mm-hmm. Right? So, sure. like, how do we get that? We'll be like, okay, well, money will do it. Relationship will do it. Job will do it. Uh Time with friends, traveling, no, whatever it is. you will do it. <laughs> you are the source of your happiness. You are the source of right. finance. You are the source of relationship. You're the source of everything. So if we can cultivate that space. Because we have no control over outside circumstances, what other right. people do. And as I think much as you believe you do. You know, that's the ultimate don't. thing that I, 
I always, I end up telling people that I talk with that open up to me because it's always, their story usually has to do with outside circumstances that they have no power over. Yeah. And, you know, um, and reminding them that there's nothing you can do about them. Yeah. There is nothing. And so, you know, and... Serenity prayer, right? Absolutely. And, you know, in so doing though, I need to make, or I, I learned just this last week to make space for somebody else to heal me a little bit, you know, and, and you will, <laughs> and it wasn't you. What? <laughs> I met a lady totally unexpectedly. She was from Venezuela originally. She's been in the United States for a while, but she's a, she's had studied, um, Eastern medicine. She was a shaman. And uh, we ended up having the this amazing conversation. Some, something about her instantaneously. It, she was warm, and I I felt so comfortable with her. And I was dropped immediately into the present. We're looking into her eyes, just talking to her. Mm-hmm. And there's another woman there that was actually doing her hair while I was there. Um, and uh, but we were talking, and she had mentioned that, um, you know, as we got further on in the conversation and she knew kind of where I stood and, and my beliefs and, and we, she was just completely on the same page. And I'd mentioned you about healing energy and she was completely accepting of that. She's like, Oh yeah. She saw my aura, you know? Um, and she was, and explained to me what that meant. And then she told me that, um, I told her about dreams that I had that I feel, you know, people, I, many times, you know, and, and I wouldn't say men, it's not all the time, but Definitely times people have come to me in dreams that people that have passed have come to me in dreams to communicate messages to me. And, um, and I told her that and she said, just very calmly, she says, well, yeah, I spend more time talking to the dead sometimes than I do to people, you know, living. Mm. And, um, I was like, uh, uh, really? And she said, yeah. And then she said, there's somebody with you now. I went kind of freaked me out. She said, it's an older gentleman. And I was like, Matt, I'm so silly. Cause I love Ram Dass. I'm like, is it Ram Dass? be so awesome you know? <laughs> and then she told me it was my grandfather and I realized that you know he passed a few years ago and I it was it, you know and he had he um he was an alcoholic and he was in recovery for many years and he relapsed and you know he, after my mom died he was sort of on this relapse recover wagon cycle and he ended up um, passing away he was dying of cancer for a long time you know but he passed away and now that I'm sober, though, he passed away before I got sober. And now that I, I'm sober, I, gosh, there's, I, I always felt like there's so much that I want to talk to him about and say, and I, I get him now. You know, he had along the line of spiritual beliefs that I do. And, and I'm like, I feel like we could have such amazing conversations mm. now. And, and also because I, I, was, I was drinking when he died and I never processed that fully. And I had a lot of guilt that I didn't go see him before he died because you know he he's across the country he was across the country and um and what this woman told me she's like he has been um waiting to talk to you you know and he's been and I thought it but he needed a channel like her to tell me Hmm. and so I just thought (laughs) you know we can how I needed that I needed that healing I needed to Hmm. know that um it's okay, you know, and excuse me, but he is, you know, that I was able to lay that to rest. You know, another thing that I was able to lay to rest because of somebody else. And you realize that importance that we need to be open to let other people heal us too. Yeah. Totally. Cause, um, 
we all need it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Between that and unwinding this story, it's there's a lot of stuff that, and you've mentioned this, Matt, you know, clearing out space, that it's letting go of these things that are are keeping, are, are blocking us. Mm-hmm. And because it's our story, because we don't know how to let go of them and, 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 it's, and it's, look at them because they're scary. Yeah. And it's also that it's not that we can't ever see them again or have them in our lives again. It's we're reorganizing things so that they can become of use to others. Right. The program has taught me that you have to deal with this hard, like very deep pain, Matt, because if you want it to mean something, you've got to reorganize it so that it can be used for, for the healing of someone else. It can be used for your healing first, and then it can be used to heal someone, literally heal somebody else, you know? And that has been, that's such a gift. Right. Like, what you've, what you just shared is also something that is being used to heal other people. Like, when we heal ourselves from this stuff and we reorganize our our past that we don't want to let go of because it's our shame to hold on to, we let go of that whole story. We allow our vulnerability to open up space for all the healing energy, all the love and creativity and source that we would ever need. It's right there for us. Like, the gifts are are there. They are the diamonds. Diamonds yeah. can be pointy and sharp, and they can hurt sometimes if you lay on them. <laughs> I've never laid on diamonds, but I imagine. Yeah, well, I don't think it would be good. <laughs> But it's so they're so valuable if we can just allow ourselves to see them in that way. Well, understanding that dealing with pain isn't going to kill you. You know, right. it's not going to dealing with the pain, facing the fears. You know, I think that my my grandma um, said it best because it you know the grandfather that I was talking about was my mom's dad and my grandmother, her mom. Um, she told me that she never, you know, cause I, every time I would try to talk about my mom, she would talk about my mom in the past. Like when my mom growing up, like when she was a little girl, you know, almost like she was still alive. But if we talked about her death, she would, she would very deliberately change the subject yeah. to something shallow. Oh, well, how's the weather out there? Mm-hmm. And I asked her why she does that. And she said, very simply, I'm afraid if I go there, I'll go into a black hole so deep I'll never come out again. Yeah. But think about how liberating it would have been. And she just passed last year. And I think about how liberating it would have been if she could have let that go. Yeah. And dealt with it. How? Well, we allow the people who pass to live again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we're so afraid to deal with it that we keep them dead. You know what I mean? Right. Like if I can't well, if I can't share with you about this person who passed in my life because it hurts me so much, I can never give you their love either. I can never show you the immense love that was attached to that person. Yeah. So that they're they stay dead and buried. Right. But like the and gift is this energy of giving that, people that. And I think and I understood this when I suffered a massive loss that I'm unwinding a few years ago, that love is an energy that it's not just your love for that person, their love for you. It's a, it's the energy that runs the universe. It's the most powerful energy in the universe. So therefore, it's never gone. Right. That's the greatest part. 
the greatest part that you had in that relationship is never gone. Right. It's still right there. Yeah. And so you understand that. Yeah. And it's like, and the fear does come from blocking it. It's like keep because it's that's too. It's I'll almost never, it's yeah, too much gone to feel forever. I can't feel go there. Well, and it's scary because it's like too much to feel because it is such a great power. But when we say it, when we get rid of that idea of shame that I shouldn't feel this, I I can't let myself get this depressed or sad or whatever. It's like you need to you if you can feel this immensity of love, if you can feel the darkness that you feel right now, you're gonna feel. The other side. You. All, this is a dualist, dualistic universe. You're gonna feel the light that comes with that, if you allow yourself to go through that darkness. I and love it that is you just said that because powerful. It's well, it's manifestation, manifesting for you right now. You're facing your fears on the greatest level, and so you're experiencing the benefits of that on the greatest level. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, Kyle. She's opened my my heart up to is that. Being broke exists in the exact same realm as being rich. Yep. Being alone exists in the exact same realm as having the relationship of your dreams. They exist in the same space. If But we're so afraid to allow ourselves to become broke or allow ourselves to be alone that we don't allow for that amazing thing that we do love. We're so afraid to allow ourselves to be sad or depressed or feel hurt in so such a deep locked way, locked in the pinpoint in the middle of the job we hate, or a sick relationship, or whatever yeah, it may or, be, or or the so, the shame, or the denial of losing somebody, that we can't see the immensity of the love in it. Mm. And as soon as we get that, and we allow that feeling to take place, and you and we let go of that which we lost, all of that which we gained shows up. It's like, right. yeah, you you lost somebody, but look at what you gained. Look at the amount of love. Look how your heart and your life expanded because of that relationship. And now you get to share that with other people and watch as all these other people full of love waiting for that love come flooding into your life, needing it. Mm-hmm. And watch how it, it the the fear and sadness created more love. You know, it expanded itself to create more love, not less love. Right. Which is the beauty of it. It's like if we can go, this is why I've told people like I've learned so much from my depression, from my sadness. Like I've allowed myself to be there because it's how I feel and I know that it has purpose. Mm. You know, like that depression means I'm suffering because other people are suffering, but also I need to see my suffering that there's another side to it. Yeah. You know, and it's so beautiful because it, it, it's, it's an expanding of me. If I can go deeper down, I can go f- higher up. Like there's an expansion process that takes place. But if I'm afraid to go deeper down, I'll never see what's on the other side. I'll only continue to maintain in that same space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's right. And if you want that evolvement, you want that growth, you want to be something completely different then you have to not be afraid to go to those places and look in you know and you know to open the closet and face the boogeyman you know yeah look him in the eye Mm -hmm. i had this thought of give him a hug i had this he needs just he needs love the boogeyman needs love that's exactly i had this thought of going camping with my son um yesterday and always fear comes out and it's like what if a bear comes (laughs) right and like this bear and then immediately i'm like trying to uh, my brain is coming up with ways of 
defending against the bear, like getting away from the bear. And then my heart was like, what if this bear just lost its family? Mm. What if this bear just wanted to be a part of the love that you have with your son? And then the bear laid down. Hmm. And like I was petting the bear in my mind, like in my imagination, right? Because in this is an old African proverb, but if there's no enemy within, the enemy without, you can do you no harm. Hmm. And it also says it in the Tao, like be as a baby where no insect, insects sting it, no animal comes against it, no harm will come to it because it is a pure sort of pure source, right? Like be in that way that there's no war within. Right. So there's nothing to fear. Like the bear would only attack me because it's afraid of me. Right. And you're afraid of and it I'm afraid because of, it of a be- story you created in your head. Yeah. And this is the same thing with the boogeyman. It's the same thing with the depression. It's the same thing with the loss of a loved one. I'm creating a war against it as opposed to loving it fully and accepting it and allowing it to come forth and come through. Yeah. And it's like so many times the bear we're just wants to, to lay there. We're afraid we run from the pain because we're afraid that the pain is going to... You know what it is? The pain is also in the present and the suffering is in the present and it, the pain is going to make us stop in our tracks right where we are and feel it as opposed to, I got to move forward. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. And if I stop yeah. and feel this pain, then that'll stop me from doing this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And I won't be able to. And what if it changes everything? And yeah. I'm afraid of what that looks like. Well, yeah, and we're so used to distracting ourselves from everything. So yeah. it doesn't matter, even when it's not, not not that difficult, right? Like we're so used to not being bored. Like our kids, they just want to constantly have input, right? And I had to do this. I did this detox for myself of just like not having any input mm-hmm. of just like no phones just staring at a wall or whatever and I was amazed like I was so tired I just wanted to sleep like I had no stimulation so it was like all right well my brain was just like sleep because obviously it needed sleep yeah we it didn't realize... surprise me at all I mean because you you really do go other you know normally you go non-stop and I thought I used to think all the time you've got to be tired you know, because he get he gets a lot less sleep than I or normally would get a lot less sleep than I've I gotten do. better. You've gotten so much better. You realize your body needs a lot more sleep. But you know, it was this discipline. That it's almost this punishment of like you don't yeah. deserve sleep, buddy. Get up. You know, and well, it's, I was always chasing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And uh, you know, I'm tough. I don't need sleep. It's just that you know, I I'm not saying, but that's that is sort of the programming. And yeah, um, I'm like I I need sleep, man. <laughs> about you but i definitely need it i can't keep up like oh that. yeah and there was a story of like looking down on people who wanted to sleep in it's like don't you don't you want lazy. a better life you yeah lazy it's like this this well, you hear those motivational speakers yeah you get up at 4 a.m you do I get up grind. at 3 yeah, yeah it's like i sleep one hour a day it's like why would you like, get up man. in the middle of the night that's insanity you know but he and there's and there's there's dead. obviously um good things to discipline i'm not saying there's anything no of course but but sleep is important (laughs) but destroying yourself in the process of discipline is just insanity well that's just (laughs) it's like well it's obsession you know when people are you know saying i'm willing to do anything to have this that's obsession i can't go to obsession it's an unhealthy place for me obsession is the next step to addiction which is not everything else is off balance my whole the whole point is being balanced yeah and that's why i think relating so much to the the way of the Tao, um, the spiritual path, like because it's not necessarily a way of obsession; it's a way of un- non-obsession. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like sure. trying no, that's to. Great. Yeah. It's trying to um, just allow things to naturally take their course. Yep. And just enjoying, letting them. the dust settle, and enjoying them completely. 
Um, anyway, yeah, we better well, wrap this up. It's my baby's birthday today, and yeah. I've got to get ready for her birthday. Yay. Well, thank you all for listening. For, seriously, Happy for birthday, everybody Carly. out there listening, thank you, Carly. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, we do appreciate anyone and everyone who uh, decides to spend any time with us and listen to us. And we love to hear Absolutely. from you. If you ever have anything to tell us, please, I think you can leave a message or whatever. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us yeah, this morning on you. Upon Awakening. Thank you, thank you. Tell We're you, very grateful. Tell your friends. Check out SeekingPurposeToday.com for all my other writing uh, about the Tao um, and other spiritual teachings that I'm reading. A Course in Miracles and uh, some other yeah, crazy, lots of stuff. Far East stuff. But, you know, we love you. Much love. Peace out, homies. Peace out. <laughs>